Can Ethan Kaliakmanis lead the Gophers to a victory in the Happy Valley whiteout game? We'll find out, but we're going to talk about that today, as well as the first official mailbag of the season. You got to tune in and you got to start asking those questions. You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here. We're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube. We are officially six followers, six subscribers away from giving away a free Dinky Town Athletes t-shirt. And if you're within those six, The first 500 are entered into a drawing for that free t-shirt of your choice. So why not do it? Hit the subscribe button on YouTube and follow wherever you get your podcast. Now, today we're doing our predictions episode. Typically, we are joined with Tristan Spanford, co-host of the show once a week to do these predictions. Unfortunately, he was unable to make it this week. So I'm on my own this one, and so we're going to switch things up a little bit. We're going to do over-unders like we do. We're going to do predictions like we do, and then we're going to finish off the segment with a mailbag. So if you ever have questions, if you ever have thoughts, if you ever have things you want discussed, drop them in the comments below on YouTube, or feel free to DM us on Twitter at LO Golden Gophers. Or find us on Gmail. You can send an email our way at lockedongoldengophers at gmail.com. Now let's dive in. Let's talk about these over-unders because it's going to be a game. It's going to be an interesting one. The Gophers aren't favored. The Gophers are coming off of two losses and our QB1 might be out. So lots up in the air against a team that is ranked uh, 16th in the nation. A lot of Gophers fans are feeling negative about this one, feeling negative about the season moving forward. Now, we can still, I'm not taking away from what we said at the beginning of the season that every game on this schedule is winnable if the team shows up to play. But they haven't been showing up these last two weeks. Can they turn it around and show up this week? We will find out on Saturday. But let's talk about the over-unders. Let's talk about the lines out there. Now, Mo Ibrahim, will he have over 115.5 rushing yards over under there? Honestly, if you would have asked me a week ago, I probably would have said maybe under just because I feel like he'll always crack that 100. As we say, it's guaranteed. It's like the free space on the bingo card, like Mo's getting those 100 in. But I would have guessed maybe closer to 100. Now, watching him go against Illinois, which was one of the top rushing defenses in the entire nation, I believe they're third in the nation right now, he still put up 129, 127, right around that range. And that was on 15 carries. If we give him the ball even more, he's obliterating that. So I'm going to take the over pretty easy on this one. Then you move on to... We didn't know who the quarterback is. We still don't know officially who the starting quarterback is. So the line is the starting quarterback having 185.5 passing yards over or under. 
Now, I think this is a fairly good line, whether it be a younger quarterback that steps in, whether it be Tanner who needs to regain confidence after that last game or what have you, this passing defense can be had, in my opinion. They're 83rd in the nation when it comes to pass yards allowed. And I think I would also take the over on this one, although it's probably close. I don't think you get much over 200 no matter who is starting in this game. Now, two more over-unders we want to do. First is the Gophers will have one and a half sacks. I am taking the under on this one. So in order to get this on the over, you have to get two. Otherwise, you get one to zero on the under. The Gophers' defensive line has not been generating pressures at all, really. They're, it's few and far between. And even the pressures that do get marked as pressures don't really feel like heavy pressure coming to the quarterback. They feel like available um available blitzes, available opportunities for a quarterback to really just step up in the pocket or scramble out and really avoid the pass rush. So I'm not really confident in our defensive line, if I'm being honest with you. I think that they can hold up in the run game at times when they're not facing an All-American like Chase Brown. But outside of that, I need them to show me we can get pressure before I feel any confidence in taking any sort of line on sacks. So one and a half sacks. I'm taking the under final line is will the Gophers hold Penn state under 350 total yards. That line is quite a bit up since the last few games. And I think I'll take the under, I think last week, the last two weeks, our tackling has been on and off. It has been inconsistent. It hasn't been what we're used to with this Gophers defense. Now, even in that case, in the Purdue game, they found a way to get it back on track, but in the Illinois game, it was less missed tackles, but it was still hit or miss. Felt like we had to get two to three hats to the ball before we were able to actually tackle Chase Brown, who, again, is one of the best running backs in the nation. So it's hard to fault the Gophers for that. But Penn State has talent, especially at the running back position. They have a true freshman in Nick Singleton, who is a the future of the Big Ten. He is one of those backs that is the future, and he's going to be tough to tackle. That being said, I do believe, especially if Drew Aller is coming in at quarterback, not because he doesn't have the talent, but because he is young, because you can confuse him with different schemes, with different stunts, with different looks, I think that you can really hold that passing game to a lower amount than you're really focusing on stopping the run game, but you don't have to completely stop it to be able to hold a team under 350 yards. I think the Penn State game, just off the top of the head, I believe they were around like 387 yards total. Or not Penn State, the Purdue. We're playing Penn State this weekend. My fault. The Purdue game, I believe we were around 387 total yards given up. Now, the Illinois game, we just got obliterated everywhere. So that was, I think, the only game in which a team ran for or had a total of over 400 for sure. But I think the... Purdue game was close to that 350 line. So I do think the Gophers can possibly hold this team, especially if the young quarterback is playing under 350 all purpose or all total yards when it comes to offensive production. Now, all that said, what are my thoughts? What are the predictions for this game versus the Penn state and Indy lines? Can the Gophers win is eighth in playing and what, will happen if he is given the starting opportunity, best players on offense, best players on defense, and so much more. The predictions, 
They're going to be spicy, but they're going to be realistic and you're not going to want to miss that. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about our friends over at Underdog because Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to spice up the college football season with the pick'em games that you can just pick a few lines and get straight cash back if you get them right. All you have to do is go to the website or download the app, create an account, and look at the different pick'em choices for your team and the other games in each week. Now, the Gophers team isn't updated on Underdog quite yet because I think they're still trying to figure out who is playing at the quarterback positions for these two teams. So that one might come up a little later. Later, But if I were to look right now and make some picks, let's see. I pulled up the game. We have Iowa at Ohio State. You look at this one, all you have to do is pick a couple lines, and then you put some money down. So let's see what I would do in this Iowa at Ohio State game. Now, Spencer, Petrus, they're saying higher or lower on 147.5 passing yards. Now, I have zero confidence in any semblance of Iowa's offense, and Petrus is the worst quarterback in the FBS right now. So I go lower. You know what? We're taking the lower on that one. Then we look at Sam Laporta, the tight end at Iowa, and him having 50 and a half receiving yards. I just don't see it. I don't think he's had very many games above 50 yards this season. He might have had one or two, uh, and those probably were more recent. So maybe he's trending upwards, but I just don't believe it. Again, Iowa, I'm not with it. Ohio State, I think, could blank Iowa if they really had to. So Sam Laporta will go lower. And then we're flipping to the Ohio State side of ball. We've got C.J. Stroud, 300 passing yards. Now, Iowa's defense, although it's not, its offense is porous, its defense is fairly decent. CJ hasn't passed over 300 yards in every game, especially not in the Big Ten play. So, Iowa's defense is legit. I'll take the lower on CJ Stroud's passing yards as well, though that one will probably be my most anxious play because CJ can go over 300 on basically any team in the nation. So, it's definitely not super confident, but I take the lower there. Marvin Harrison Jr., the number one wide receiver for Ohio State right now with Jackson Smith and Jigba out, 78 and a half receiving yards. Now, Marvin Harrison Jr. has cracked 180 at one point. He's cracked 130 at one or two points. So if the Ohio State offense is going to get off the ground and really blow out this Iowa defense, I think he's going to have to be a leader in that area. So I'll take the higher on the Marvin Harrison Jr. receiving. And then let's pick one more. One more line of this game, Travion Henderson running back for the Ohio State Buckeyes, 80, or 89 rushing yards, 89 and a half rushing yards. That's tough. Travion Henderson has the talent, but again, this Iowa defense is good. Let's take the lower there just for fun. Now, all I got to do, I have those five picks in, if I put some money down, let's say I throw in $3, $3, just betting $3 on that. If I win and hit on all five of those numbers, I will win $60 off of that bet. But let's say I ha I'm a big money man. I want to throw some real cash down because I know I'm going to hit. If I throw $200 down on that, it is $4,000 payback. $4,000. So it's really easy. You just saw the selection process right there. That's all you have to do is go through the games, figure out which ones you like, and pick a couple of lines. And if you hit on them, you're getting real cash back. Sign up with promo code locked on, one word, locked on, and you will get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So you put $100 in, 
you get $100 from Underdog. That's $200 straight into your account to get that $4,000 win when you cash in. So go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and make sure to use promo code LOCKDOWN. Again, one word, promo code LOCKDOWN to get our double your deposit up to $100. All right, folks, let's break out that crystal ball. Let's tell those fortunes today. We're going to talk about the predictions for this game against Penn State, a night game for the Gophers, the whiteout for Penn State in the Happy Valley. Let's jump in. The the Guess the final score of the game. That's always our first prediction over here. And I had to go off the top. I'm going to say the Gophers cover but they don't win so i think the gophers final score will be 31 penn state 28 gophers yep that's where i'm running with 31 28 in favor of penn state it's a tight one but the gophers don't come out with it now that score could be lower if we have two younger quarterbacks just because maybe you have less offensive production it's going to make that's why underdog doesn't have those lines in quite yet they still need to figure out exactly what's happening because that will definitely change a lot of those lines now when it comes to which gopher will be the best for the offense which will gopher will have the best game on the offense this one i'm just going with the chalk here i'm going with mo ibrahim because i have no idea who's going to be playing the quarterback for sure it could be cole kramer for all we know and respect to Cole Kramer, but I just don't have a lot of confidence in his ability to lead the offensive charge and get a lot of pass yards up there or run an offense that is highly productive. So I'm going to go with Mo just because I know you can hand him the rock and he can find the openings. He can fight for the extra yards and he can score those touchdowns. So Mo Ibrahim is going to be my pick for the best player on the offensive side of ball, flipping it to the defensive side of ball. Best player last week. I I'm fairly confident. I got this right in Tyler Newbin. So mark the point. We'll take it. But this week, I'm not going to double down on Tyler Newbin, even though I do believe he'll probably be the best player on the defensive side of ball once again. I'm going to go with tea time. I'm going to go with Terrell Smith because I think if whoever's in that quarterback, Sean Clifford or Drew Aller, I think that they're going to have a tough day when it comes to targeting whoever is on tea time's side. I think he'll have some pass breakups. I think he has the potential to get an interception if they try to make a tight window throw. Otherwise, I think he shuts down a certain side of the field. Typically, he plays the boundary side, so I think he'll shut down that side of the field and they'll have to be targeting the field side, which is Justin Wally, who was targeted a lot last week, but I think he'll bounce back this week a little bit as well. The running game could find some opportunities. So I think overall, my player of the game on the defensive side will be Terrell Smith, a.k.a. T-Time. Who will be the most effective pass catcher for the Gophers? Now, nobody was basically last week. Brevin Spanford was having four receptions. Nobody else had more than one. In fact, I think only two other players had one, Mo Ibrahim and Daniel Jackson. Uh, if I had to pick a, a pass or just a wide receiver, I'd probably still lean towards Daniel Jackson just because I feel like he is the only wide receiver that does find the ability to create enough separation for these quarterbacks to get him the ball. But last week was a rough showing. I do think and hope and pray and 
ask myself, why do we not get Brevin Spanford the ball more? Because he is a, a matchup nightmare. I know I've probably said that so many times, and people are probably sick of hearing me say that. Like, well, if he's a matchup nightmare, why aren't we using him? Great question. Great question. I find myself asking that question each and every day, each and every game, maybe not every day. I don't think about this on the reg, but every game, I definitely ask myself that question. And I'll probably ask myself that question again this Saturday. So I'm going to go with Brevin. Uh, it's it's not a full confidence because I'm not really sure who's playing at quarterback or what's going to happen. I think if Ethan plays, I think you could see yourself finding Dalen Wright as the most effective pass catcher because I feel like Ethan really knows his ability and he'll he's not afraid to throw up a jump ball for him. I think if Cole or Tanner play, then Brevin is the most effective pass catcher. He's more of a safety option, more of an outlet, and he finds space in those quick crossing routes. So I think those two would definitely look his way more. Ethan might take some more risks. So let's go with that. If Ethan plays, it's Dalen Wright. If Cole or Tanner play, it's Brevin Span Ford. Now, the last two, three questions, last three predictions is biggest surprise player for the Gophers this week. I think if Ethan Kelly McManus plays, he'll be the biggest surprise player. Now, is that a positive surprise or a negative surprise? Not fully sure yet. I do think his talent is crazy. Don't get me wrong. I think his talent is crazy. I think he has a lot of upside. And we've heard that from the coaching staff. We've heard that from players, both present and past. But you're playing a ranked opponent that is fairly good. And... It would be his first start if he pulls it out. I think that's a lot riding on a guy, and you'll really get to see his composure and his confidence all at one if he is to make that first start in the Happy Valley. I think he could surprise really positively, which will put a lot of fans saying they want him to start for the rest of the year, or he could surprise negatively and cause fans to lose hope. Now, hopefully that isn't the case. We always want positivity for those guys, especially with the young guys playing. Now, the final two, which gopher scores the first touchdown in the game? We're going chalk again on this one. I'm saying Mo Ibrahim. I feel like this game is going to involve a lot of Mo Ibrahim, and if it doesn't, I will have some major questions for our approach this week. Final question that everybody wants to know, absolutely everyone, will Ethan shine if given the start and the opportunity? I think if Ethan starts, they will put him in the position to make a lot of easier plays, a lot of more comfortable plays. And I think that will allow him to at least have a above average game if he gets to start. I think that he will take some shots and people will like to see the aggressiveness. People will like to see the arm talent. People will like to see him on the run scrambling a little bit. Uh, Things we don't see from our current QB1. And I think that will get a lot of Gophers fans talking about what we need to do moving forward. A lot of Gopher fans will be making the calls for wanting Ethan, even if he shows just slightly above average, even if he's not blowing it out of the water at Penn State, people will find a reason to want to see him on the field more, giving him the opportunity to learn from his mistakes and grow from them and have next year be a year we can truly compete. And I know that is an argument for having him continue, but also you don't want to lose the hope of the program if... Tanner is able to come back. Um, You don't want to 
lose games like for the rest of the season, big games like rivalry games, Wisconsin, Iowa, and things like that. Even in the hope of having a thing grow, you don't want to lose those type of games because you'll lose the fan base, you'll lose the interest, you'll lose the growing, not culture of the internal program, but growing culture of the external outlook of the Gophers if you lose a bunch of games to close out this season. And I think they're going to do whatever it takes to still go 1-0 in the game each and every week. And if that means starting Tanner, the Gophers are going to do it. So for this specific game, if Ethan does get the starting opportunity, I think he will be at least above average. They'll give him comfortable throws, easy throws, short underneath throws, and let him take a couple shots down the field. That's what we're running with. Now to close this bad boy out, We've got our first official mailbag. The questions you as the listeners want to know, and you guys asked some completely fire questions that I had to dive in to get enough information to give you something realistic and something I truly feel is true. So we're going to dive into that right now. All right. So we're going to talk about mailbag questions. I thank you for the questions that you have been asking. And again, feel free to keep sending those our way at the Gmail account, which is LockedOnGoldenGophers at gmail.com, at the Twitter account, which is at LOGoldenGophers, or feel free to drop questions in the comments below, and we will store them for the next mailbag episode. Now, the first question we have is from AKA Maddie J with Ethan at quarterback. Do the Gophers run a true read option, not RPO to try and generate some offense and catch PSU off guard. Now, although Ethan does have the ability to use his legs, I'm not sure you put him in the RB or not RPO. I don't think you put him in the read option necessarily just because there are a lot of quirks to that read option as far as, Timing as far as actually pulling the ball out effectively, I think there's a lot of room for error for a very young quarterback playing in the highest atmosphere and highest energy game that we'll probably play in this season. Um, easy to get rattled or make simple mistakes or have communication errors in that type of environment. And I don't think you want to put all of that on your young signal caller to make that decision in a split second. I think there's more room for error than there is for maybe catching Penn State off guard. Now, I get that we haven't done that with Tanner Morgan at quarterback, so it could catch them off guard. But they'll have at least watched some tape on Ethan, whether that be high school tape, whether that be his quick little bits in some of the earlier games like the Western Illinois game or even how he ended the Illinois game. They'll look at what how he ended that Illinois game and how they got after him. They'll see his running ability. They'll see the mistakes he made with the interceptions and maybe his risk to take the bigger shots and try to bait him into something like that. But I don't think the true read option would come out at this point, especially in this environment on the road. If it was a home game, Maybe I would think you might see one or two here or there, but I don't I don't feel confident that they would put that on him in his first start. I think if it was maybe game three, game four, where he's starting to feel confident, he's starting to get his swagger back or get his swagger initiated, I guess, since he hasn't really started a game, then maybe you start giving him looks and you start letting him kind of feel out the game and make that a nice addition or weapon. But I think to start versus Penn State on the road in a whiteout game. I don't think you'll see any read option in this one. Next question is at Sportologian. 
He says, can the receivers get back on track versus Penn State, or will they struggle with getting open as they did against Illinois? Now, I think that getting separation has been an issue for the past few weeks, but I do think the receiver options, the pass catchers, can get back on track in this one. I'm not just saying that because I'm hoping for it, but Penn State's offense or not offense Penn State's passing defense and pass yards allowed they're 83rd in the nation so that's in the back half you have 131 teams in the FBS and they're 83rd when it comes to passing defense the Gophers have showed that they can make things happen yes Illinois absolutely throttled us Purdue beat us for the most part and we had a bad offense but we still found ways to pass the ball in that Purdue game in fact in the Purdue game the biggest issue was running the ball, not having Mo and only getting 47 rush yards in that game. We could not find any way to open it up on the ground and help the passing game. Everything was through the air. And I think that this will have hopefully more balance because this Penn State defense isn't elite by any means. You can't attack them on the ground like we saw Michigan do. You can't attack them through the air, which we also saw Michigan do in spurts. Purdue really attacked them through the air in that first game. So I think you'll see some some positivity from the pass catchers once again. Again, if Ethan's in there, I think he takes more shots. I think he takes more risks, maybe more 50-50 balls, maybe more some jump balls. But the thing is, like, Tanner consistently goes after Mike Brown-Stevens. He gets the ball, targets Mike Brown-Stevens, who doesn't attack the ball, who his confidence has just seemed rattled and shaken the last few weeks now, whereas – Ethan will go up there and throw it to Dalen Wright, just knowing he's a bigger body, knowing he's a faster build and knowing he can attack the ball and jump up there and go for it. Even if he isn't completely open, he'll at least typically try to make a play on the ball. Now I know last week there was one where he just gave no effort and basically gave up an interception for Ethan because he didn't go after a pass that was not as accurate as one would hope. Again, Gophers just getting blown out in that game. Everybody's attitude might not have been the best at that point in time, but Ethan was, again, targeting and going after Dalen Wright on that opportunity. So I think you'll see the pass catchers get more looks, even if they're not completely open, which is something Tanner Morgan hasn't been doing as of late. Tanner Morgan has looked a little bit more hesitant. He's looked a little bit more second-guessing when things show clear or maybe even trying to throw something open. Uh, and I think you'll see Ethan take a little bit more shots and trust his arm a little bit more. That being said, maybe he could trust it too much. So that's something to keep an eye on. But I do think we'll see some more success. I think Brevin, Dalen, and Daniel will get a lot more looks if Ethan is at quarterback. Now, if Cole Kramer is at quarterback, I think you see a bit more of what you saw with Tanner Morgan as far as more calculated passing more hesitant as far as not just trusting it or throwing it open or giving a 50 50 ball I think you'll only see him really take the opportunities if the receiver looks like they have a decent opening that they can drop it into as opposed to throwing it open uh, another question this week is from constant Sam who said what corrections can the defense make to not get beat like last week between missing tackles and losing one-on-ones. I'm a bit skeptical. I get it. I'm with you. I think that I'm not skeptical with the defense, but I was disappointed in the effort, especially last week, last week, it just felt like we couldn't get off the field. And I think 
the defense doing better will also rely on how the offense does. I think the last two weeks, the defense hasn't been in the greatest position because we've been losing the time of possession battle, especially in that Illinois game. The defense could not get off the field. And the longer stretches on the field plus the quicker stretches of offense meant the defense was on the field for 40 out of the 60 minutes in that game. They were gassed. They were tired. Now, yes, we use a lot of depth, but that's still a long time to constantly be thinking, second-guessing. And then you find the success that Illinois is having and your, your confidence is dropping. You're making more mistakes. You're losing gas. You're not finishing tackles. You're not hitting with the impact that you were maybe to start the game and things start to go downhill from there. So I think getting the time of possession back in the Gophers favor on offense will help the defense so much because it'll have more energy, more swagger, more confidence to make a big play, to get off the field, to turn over the ball, to hit harder and create forced fumbles, to be in the right position, to not play as off coverage. And like we saw we saw the DBs playing way off as opposed to press. We played a lot of man this year. We played a decent amount of press coverage this year, but last game we were leaning off. We were really favoring towards the run game and trying to stop chase Brown and the linebackers were leading towards trying to stop chase Brown. I think if we play a more grounded approach and not completely trying to take away one player, you'll see the defense do better overall. So I think not having an All-American running back in the backfield will help this defense kind of spread things out back to what we were used to seeing and what we saw in every game prior to Illinois. Yes, the Purdue game had some mistakes, but overall the defense was rock solid in that game. In all the games before that, the defense was absolutely boat racing places, people. So I think the Illinois game and Illinois being a better team in general I think Illinois is better than Penn State, if I have to say so myself. I know people might call me crazy for that one, but I think they're more complete. They have a better running back. They have a possibly better offensive line. Their defensive front is way better. Their defense in general is way better. And I think that Nick Singleton is a good running back, but he's still not to the level of Chase Brown. So Illinois just was the better team on the better day. And I think we'll find more success on the defense this week. Now, a different question came in about basketball, and Dennis Evans is the biggest commit since from Nate Dickinson. Now, if I had to talk about basketball commits and who Dennis Evans is the biggest commit since, honestly, I would say since Amir Coffey. Amir Coffey was a big get, especially because he was a top 50 prospect from Minnesota, so felt like the energy was rabid here and that people were stoked for that one. But if you're talking about as far as talent and stature and whatnot, I think that it's probably more along the lines of Chris Humphreys, which is the best prospect in the Gophers program history. Also played a good handful of years in the NBA with some success, especially, especially rebounding the ball. I think he could be the biggest level of recruit since that I think overall though that Dennis Evans holds possibly the most upside and potential of any gopher commit we've ever seen just because at his size and intangibles he's already going to get the NBA looks if that makes sense and you're talking about a kid who we've heard from his high school coaches from his former teammates that he is a work 
worker, a grinder, a dog mentality. He's always in the gym, 5 a.m. to midnight, putting in the work, wants to get better. That was a huge thing of what he was looking for, was trying to develop into a player that can have the opportunities to play at the NBA. Now, some people might say, why didn't he go to Kansas or why didn't he go to a blue blood school if that's what he wants? He wants to go to the NBA. Those teams always send people to the NBA. Yes, but you can't get focused on. You can't get specified. You can't get necessarily built around at those programs. They're always taking the most top talent and they're making them even give up opportunities at some point. So you look at Kentucky when they've had Devin Booker, when they've had Carl Anthony Towns, when they've had other players of that stature that they're not featuring. I mean, the Carl Anthony Towns, he was playing with guys like Willie Cauley-Stein, like the Harrison twins, like Devin Booker, who was coming off the bench because they were all giving up the opportunity to be that guy in order to try and win a championship and be the best Kentucky team. Now, I'm not saying Dennis Evans is going to come to Minnesota and be like, I have to be the guy because I want to go to the NBA. No, he he knows that if he can stand out and show and change a program and help a program be more successful and something that's building and something that he has a relationship with the coaches in, something that he feels that they can make something truly special here and bring eyes to a program that doesn't get eyes but plays at that top tier, at the top level and has – a bunch of pieces and players that showing they can be at that competitiveness. If you can flip that, you're going to have NBA eyes all over you. You're going to have people saying, Oh my gosh, this dude who has the size, who has the intangibles, who has the work ethic just made a Minnesota team that we're not used to consistently seeing in the tournament, real players in the big 10. We got to keep an eye on this kid. We got to make sure we're looking at this kid and the others that are starting to stand out. So I think that was a big draw, and I think that is a reason why he picked the Gophers. And also, if he really starts to knock down and contribute in the scoring sense, we know he's going to be a rim protection freak. We know he's going to come up with rebounds, especially at his size and positioning. But if he can really capitalize in and hone in on getting stronger and putting the ball in the basket consistently, whether that be mid-range, whether that be three-point or inside, if he can show those aspects, he's going to go to the NBA, whether he has – a successful program here where we win the big 10 and get in the tournament and get far, or whether we just barely get in the tournament and he's showing that ability, he's going to get looks for the NBA. So it just shows that he can be featured and stand out more here in this environment where he feels more comfortable, where he's playing with one of his best friends and where he has a coaching staff that he feels like family. So that's a little bit on Dennis Evans and my thoughts on where he is commitment wise now, we had another question about how do the Gophers passing game get back on track. I think it's taking more risks. I, I honestly do. We talk about how Coach PJ Fleck talks about how there needs to be more separation. There hasn't been enough separation, and that's true. But we also have we have players that can win a 50-50 ball. Like, if we're in the red zone, why are we not throwing it up to Brevin on a – on a fade route or something, something where he can go up and win the ball. Who's going to jump with him? A safety who's shorter, a linebacker who might be more built, but they're not going to move as fast with Brevin or really nobody's jumping up with him at 6'7", 270. I would throw up two to three fade balls to him, and I bet you he comes down with at least one of the two or at least two of the three. That's the type of athlete and size advantage he has over folks and then Dalen Wright also has a size advantage also attacks the ball has some speed to him not a great route runner the thing is we're asking for separation but we don't have phenomenal route runners our best route runner was Chris Ottman Bell and he's gone 
our second best route runner is Daniel Jackson, who's probably seen the most success on the team so far in passing since Chris has went down as far as wide receivers go. But it's because we don't take shots on the 50-50 balls because you you have to there's more risk. There's more inherent risk. You could throw a turnover. You could not have the opportunity. But it seems like those risky plays that we do throw up are to like Michael Brown Stevens because you see a separation gap as far as him beating someone deep. But then if you underthrow it, he doesn't come back to attack the ball and then you have a turnover. Why wouldn't you want to throw it up to a guy who will go back and attack the ball even if you underthrow it, like a Dalen Wright? who will at least jump up and go for it. You know what I mean? Like someone that will get after it, even if it's not fully coming to him. And yes, I know he gave up on that one play, but there's been many occasions this season where he's been underthrown or things like that, where he swats the ball down. So that way the defender can't come through it. So don't define him on that one play either. Now, the final question we have in this one is, are there significant changes schematically on offense from the domination we saw in the weeks one through four? versus what we've seen in Purdue in Illinois. Is it because because Crab and Mo are out or are the latter defenses just that much better? That was from Maroon and Goldie. Appreciate the question. Um I think overall this one this one it's a good question. The Gophers offense, especially in the passing game, seems like it takes time to develop. So scheme wise, it does take us time to let the routes develop and whatnot. And I think the biggest thing has been the number of pressures the Gophers have received and the offensive line not holding up with it. That has been the biggest difference. Now, pressures we saw in those first four weeks, we saw seven pressures versus New Mexico State, one pressure versus Western Illinois, six pressures versus Colorado and five pressures versus Michigan state. And again, in those earlier ones, so I'm saying seven, six, and five, some of those came in the garbage time where we're already blowing the team out. So there wasn't real pressure on the quarterback. There wasn't real pressure on Tanner Morgan in those early games. Whereas in the later games, uh, Purdue and Illinois, where he's playing the entire game because we're trying to either come back or we're in a one score opportunity Tanner saw 14 pressures and 11 pressures in the last two games. And we've had more sacks. We've had more hits. We've had more um, hurries on the quarterback. And you can see, you can see that frazzledness. You can see the hesitancy that has developed in the less time. There's been, especially I think of the Purdue game, there were a couple points where we had players wide open that would walk into the end zone, but it was like Tanner's head was already down and scrambling and trying to step up in the pocket or get outside just because he felt the pressure within a matter of one and a half, two seconds after snapping the ball. And then you talk about Tanner Morgan's completion percentage. When the pocket is kept clean, his completion percentage is 71%. When he's not blitzed, his completion percentage is 70%. But then you talk about under pressure, his completion percentage drops to a 43%. And when he's blitzed, it drops to a 54.5%. So it's a huge, drastic difference when he has pressure and when he is blitzed. And if you don't think teams are starting to see that and notice that and send the house to try and really murk up his opportunities to see the open players, especially when it takes longer to develop, uh, that's definitely what's happening out there. And then you look at overall the opportunities that he's had to make big time throws. He has 12 big time throws on the season. 
or no, he has six, my bet, six big time throws on the season. And all six came from when it was kept clean and he was not blitzed. Now, if he was blitzed or he had pressure on him, he has no big time throws and his turnover worthy plays actually are higher when he's not blitzed as opposed to when he is under or when he is blitzed. So it's been really interesting to see it from that side of things. I think the biggest thing is just the offensive line has not lived up to what we saw in those first four weeks. I think that could maybe be due to the scheme simply because it takes longer for our plays, especially on the passing side to develop and we don't have the time anymore. So I think that is the biggest thing so far. Now that and these defenses have been much better. I mean, Purdue is now in the top uh, 20, I think, within passing yards allowed. And I think they're somewhere in the top 25 as well for rushing. And then Illinois is in the top five for both. So both those defenses are much, much, much better than the uh, first four we played. Now, I think this Penn State team is more of a median team when it comes to defensively. So it's not going to be as bad as what we saw in the first four weeks, but it's not going to be as good as what we've seen in the last two weeks. So I think you should see more production. And I think no matter who's in that quarterback, we should be able to at least get the ball out of our hands, generate more offense. And Mo should find success as he always does. That's going to do it for us on today's episode of Lockdown Golden Gophers. Might be a little bit longer of an episode, but I hope you enjoy it. We did some mailbag. We did some predictions and We got the game this weekend. Hopefully, Minnesota can pull this one off. Uh, Fingers crossed, but this is the first game I've picked against them in the predictions. We'll talk about it next week. We're also going to talk with uh, head coach of the Benilde St. Margaret basketball team and former golfer Damian Johnson next week as well. So be sure to tune in for that. Subscribe on YouTube. And as always, row the boat. Sky Yuma. Go Gophers.